0: Welcome to another week of the Books That Make Us Better podcast. My name is Kayla Joe. I'm Megan. I'm Lydia. And I'm Jesse. And this week we are reviewing guidepost number three, which is cultivating a resilient spirit. Shall we dig in? Yeah. We believe the power to change lives is within ourselves. We believe with the right attitude, anything can be accomplished.
1: We believe the amount of knowledge and insight available is limitless. But we
2: don't think life should be taken too seriously. Books that make us better. An alpha media podcast. I, have, I want to say something first about this first part um, with resilience. Um, so I think I need to say this for the, 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 others who maybe aren't like, I don't know, like faith, faith driven, as far as like Christianity or anything else goes, this one was very heavy on that, um, very heavy on the spirituality, but I do like that. She kind of, um, didn't, not negated, she kind of balanced it with the fact that spirituality, uh, can also mean that. Um, you like you recognize like the the human like the um, the joint human being, the collective being that we're all in this together sort of thing. And um, so I did enjoy that part that um, she did. While she did not like say a lot that people like fall back on this faith that they have. While that's not really a thing for me, um, but I do have this, I think, incredible empathy thing that i have for people in the world now i don't know it's like a motherhood thing but i didn't always used to be this empathic but um now i do feel like i would think of the world as like as like this collective human soul uh and while it doesn't it's not always about like a god thing for me i do feel like this still can resonate and And my older self would have definitely pushed back hard against every single thing where it was like faith this faith that. But I read through it and I was like, no, eh, just going to keep an open mind. And actually, that worked for me. So I guess I'm throwing that out there for like anybody who is like old Megan, (laughs) early 20s Megan, who would be like, "Ah, f you, faith. Just keep reading. It's okay. There's some good stuff in there.
0: Yeah, Uh, I really liked that part. So I already have that brought up. So if anybody's wants more info on on what Brene had to say about spirituality, she defined it as recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning and purpose to our lives.
2: Yes, I highlighted the same thing. And I feel like I also was hearing Glennon Doyle when she says when she was talking about just imagining yourself in someone else's shoes, if you can even just for one second, imagine yourself in someone else's shoes. And I think this is how like I define spirituality for myself is like imagining how the world around me feels, despite not always doing it perfectly, and definitely not like not thinking of everybody with grace. Uh, I'm not. I th- I think that we don't have to put like this lovey heart rainbow definition on it. It's definitely come and go. But I, yeah, having that collective feeling of you know like someone else's joy could be my joy someone else's pain can be my pain and I can feel that for them because I can imagine I can try myself imagining or try to imagine myself in those situations anyway Sorry, it was a really big (laughs) (laughs) surprise.
0: No. So I think this would be a good time to bring up what Brene says through her research is the five most common factors of resilient people. So number one, they are resourceful and have good problem solving skills. Two, they are more likely to seek help. Three, they hold the belief that they can do something that will help them to manage their feelings and to cope. Four, they have social support available. And five, they are connected with others such as family or friends
2: that feel yeah those felt like i mean i absolutely those feel like things that i i myself personally have had to grow into and like learn those are not things that you just come by naturally
1: absolutely not no especially like the you know like looking for help or um that you believe you can do something that will help your current state i mean that's Mm -hmm. something you have to really um get your brain to to do or to like to even get into a spot where you can remind yourself i am powerful enough to have an impact on this and yeah that takes that takes work yeah. yeah.
0: So then she delves into um, hope and powerlessness. And I kind of like how she wrote this, because, I mean, it feels like it's kind of opposing a little bit. But I mean, it's kind of not when she gets into it, but she talks about emotions playing a supportive role in what hope is, Um, and she references a man, C.R. Snyder, who is a former researcher at the University of Kansas, but she explains hope and how hope is more of an actual thought process. So she said in very simple term, hope happens when we have the ability to set realistic goals. I know where I want to go. We are able to figure out how to achieve those goals, including the ability to stay flexible and develop alternative routes. I know how to get there. I'm persistent and I can tolerate disappointment and try again. And then we believe in ourselves. I can do this. So those are kind of um, according to the C.R. Snyder
1: like the mindset that creates hope. Right. Yeah. She talks about it being a combination of setting goals, having the tenacity and perseverance to pursue them and then believing in her own abilities. And I mean, to me, that makes sense. I mean, I guess if like the times when I felt hopeless, those were all things that I weren't, that wasn't even in my brain. I wasn't thinking that like I could get through this period or like I was capable of, I mean, like, for example, there was, I for at a point in my life, I had this relationship was over and I like really believed that I would never be able to like financially care for myself on my own without the help of a partner. And I like just like couldn't wrap my head around the the thought that that would be possible. But day by day and it took changing my mindset and how I was like looking at life and whatever. I had my own apartment and I was doing it all on my own. And it was one of like the proudest moments of my life. And I still look back at that time and think like I did that on my own and I never thought that I could. And when you kind of change and shift, it can make a huge difference.
0: I think the moments in life that we learn the most are the moments we really get drugs through the mud. Yeah. Or at least that's my experience. <laughs> <as will>. Someone <laughs> yeah. that learns trial by fire, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. And she really says that at the end, like at the end of one of these little segments, She de- she definitely says that the people who have been through like, Some crazy shit are the ones who really recognize like joy and just, you know, just are able to really grateful for, you know, whatever or like take happiness or joy in the mundane. So, I mean, totally, 100 percent agree with that.
0: Um, I also just want to really bring up. When she brought up the Martin Luther King Jr. quote, because she starts to talk about hopelessness and how dangerous hopelessness and powerlessness can feel. And she said, like the word hope, we often think of power as negative, and it's not. The best definition of power comes from Martin Luther King Jr. He described power as the ability to affect change. And I thought that was an interesting way to think about that.
1: Yeah, but it's true. I mean, yes, it makes sense because, I mean, uh, yeah, like he was a powerful man and I don't look at his power as negative. I mean, he he had a great impact. I, I mean, even though it, it might not have been something people in the moment realized or thought about. But if you look back at everything, he had so much power and it was not in any way negative. So makes sense. <laughs> Wasn't it, wasn't it pretty negative at the time? Like he wasn't a very well-liked or like well-received person. For many people, yes. I mean, obviously that's why he was murdered. So, because there were enough people who didn't like what he had to say. Mm. Well, this next part that she gets into had a very,
0: not to bring it up again, because it's starting to feel like I have attachment issues. But this next um, part felt very Glennon Doyle-y to me. The practicing critical awareness. Anyone else get that vibe? I totally Yeah, yes. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. So does anyone want to delve into uh, her like thoughts and feelings on ways we can self check or our critical awareness about what's going on around us?
2: I feel like I feel like these are also good for just generally like if you're I don't know, happen on something on the Internet, you read something. And she has these good questions. Uh, I'll just, I'll read them and then we can talk about them. Uh, Is what I'm seeing real? Do these images convey real life or fantasy? Uh, Do these images reflect healthy, wholehearted living? Or do they turn my life, my body, my family, and my relationships into objects and commodities? Who benefits by me, my seeing these images and feeling bad about myself? And she has a little hint. It's always about money or control. So, yeah. But I think that, well i mean the 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 social medias they affect us deeply and they i mean they don't even they don't just affect your like self image um of like your like your physical self image they also affect your uh just what you are trying to think about your everyday life be right. it i don't know politics <laughs> vaccine
0: has anyone uh, seen that TikTok gal who takes the pictures from like magazines and media and Instagram, and then shows the real picture? Yeah. So it'll show Ooh. the fake picture, and then it, like right after it is like the unphotoshopped version of it.
2: I need yeah, you it's this really with me. cool. I have not seen that. Oh,
1: yeah, it's a it's a really good visual. I mean, and growing up, I you know we saw all these like we saw models and. Uh, magazines and TV shows and had this idea of how we're supposed to look. And that does get ingrained. And even, I mean, now with, with the teenager in the house, those are the things I talk about with her. Like these, this isn't a realistic anything. This is just somebody who gets paid a lot of money or a person who looks completely different in real life because we have all this technology to alter them. And I like at the end of her little, of the portion on, um, on the, uh, critical awareness she says when we allow ourselves to become culturally conditioned to believe that we are not enough and that we don't make enough or have enough it damages our soul this is why i think practicing critical awareness and reality checking is as much about spirituality as it is about critical thinking but it's so true i mean like it sucks your soul out Mm -hmm. if you are so consumed with I don't look like this person or I don't make as much money as
2: this person and it's yeah
1: it's such a bad place to be
2: for sure I do the the reality checking this questioning or the the line of questioning that she kind of outlines I use that actually to get myself out of spirals like thought spirals and that real that so i don't know if anyone's listening but i don't know if anxiety and this are related i mean i guess i suppose they could be because i feel like i get anxiety about something something that somebody's told me to be worried about and then but i use these questions thank you therapy for um, getting out of the thought spiral. And like, you, you know, like I have to practice, first I have to practice like breathing and calming down that I just went through this last night. So, yay. Um, and then like asking myself the question, like, is this going to help? Is, is this helping you? You know, how can you help yourself? Like, what can you, what's the next step. Right. And so I feel like doing those questions to get yourself out of an anxiety spiral or to get yourself out of like this worry, if you're in a worry spiral, like these work, this absolutely works for me. Um, and I'm positive it could work for more than just me. So the next part she has is about numbing and taking the edge off. And I have to say that like newly not drinking, I guess maybe it's been months now, but newly not drinking, This is something that I was like really attentive to because I thought, okay, well, I've removed this one thing that was clearly a bit of an addiction for me and definitely something I was using as a crutch to numb myself. I thought, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to pay attention. But she definitely smashed all my ideas down on that and just be like, everybody has a numbing coping mechanism. Everybody uses something. And then like she outlines pretty much anything it could be anything and i was like yeah you're right i mean i still definitely try to find a way to dissociate like um but i, I guess everybody does i'm like it's just just how it is you just want to separate yeah and that it yeah and um
1: i know it's really interesting when you read it and you're like thinking about yourself and what did what what are you doing yes <laughs> that that falls under this and it's like oh gosh
2: yeah All right yes and i thought okay well I'm still doing I'm still doing literally my I highlighted the things that I still use to cope. Food. Oh that's smart. Yeah, I know. Oh Um, boy. Like whatever. Um staying busy. Mm -hmm. I like find something to do every night. I can't just like sit. Uh, constant change, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of women do that. And the internet, those are still my big oh my gosh, yeah, things, my escapes. And I like, I actually tell myself like TikTok is my treat to myself. If I like do enough work during the day, or if I've stayed off my phone long enough, I go to TikTok just to like, bleh, like turn my head off for a second and just because I'm I'm really like I'm on politics TikTok, politics TikTok, and also like. <laughs> Also like just stupid TikTok, <laughs> just hilarious, like dumb things, TikTok. And that turns my brain off usually because politics TikTok doesn't come off as it doesn't come up as much anymore for me. But the, everything else, I can turn my brain right off. I am so bad at that.
0: My brain is like I'm one of those people that has like 30 thoughts in their brain all the time and I don't know if part of it like I've been in radio for like 13 or 14 years and when you're running stuff You have a computer to your left, you have a mouse, you have a soundboard, but then you also have a computer to your right and you have stuff you're running on one side and you have stuff you're running on the other side, but you also have to listen and pay attention to the things that are going around you. And so your brain just learns to be very like you're running just a lot of things at once. So I find I have a very hard time at night. We're like, if Tony and I will turn on a show, I'll still like get on my phone or I'll still scroll. scroll through stuff. And it's not that I'm not listening. It's just like my brain has to be doing more than one thing. Mm -hmm. And then Tony gets really mad at me and I don't blame him. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to, I don't know how to stop aside from like setting my phone somewhere else Mm -hmm. and just like not being attached to it. But then I feel anxious, which is unhealthy. And I know it's unhealthy, but I don't know how to not, I don't
2: know. I know. Not good, probably. I think, well, as she says, we all use a numbing uh, thing. And I think it's maybe not bad to just try to find something. It's so long as, like, she. Is it's not like, okay, she defines that like the addiction part uh, is about engaging in the behaviors compulsively and chronically. So I think then, like, when it becomes damaging is when you can't not do it, you know? And right, because she, she, she like, she brings it
1: up because she says she's convinced that we all numb and take the edge off. But the question becomes does whatever it is that we do to take the edge off, does that get in the way of? us being our authentic selves does it keep us from being emotionally honest and having boundaries like does it impact us feeling like we're enough Mm -hmm. and um or does it keep us from feeling connected to other people or to ourselves um or are we using whatever that is to like hide from the realities of our life because like she talks in here about like staying busy is like a taking the edge off thing. And like, I know that I am busy, that I have a busy schedule, but I've never viewed it as like, I'm escaping life. And so when I, when I first started reading, I was like, Oh my God, is that what I do? And then I read that paragraph and I was like, Oh, okay. But I don't feel like my busy schedule fits that. Like I definitely like, will have a glass of wine to take the edge off or like, I'll go take a really hot bath or I'll go shopping for something I don't need. Like I do those (laughs) things, but it made me feel better to like read those questions and be like, okay, well, everything I'm involved in, I'm not doing that to escape. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, thank God, because I'd have to reevaluate
2: everything I'm doing there. Right. If that was the case. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I just thought that whole numbing part was just very interesting. It is. Yeah. But
0: I, I like how she segued into the next chapter where she talks about when we numb the dark, we also numb the light. And so she was talking about taking the edge off of pain and vulnerability. She was also unintentionally doling her experience of good feelings like joy. Um, one of the parts I highlighted here is when we lose our tolerance for discomfort, we lose joy. In fact, addiction research shows us that an intensely positive experience is as likely to cause a relapse as an intensely painful experience. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy
2: to think about. I um I highlighted this one because it I felt this resonated with me where she says now I can lean into joy even when it makes me feel tender and vulnerable. In fact, I expect tender and vulnerable. And I think she's kind of um I feel like this is something that I've learned really hard this part where I'm leaning into joy even if it makes me feel vulnerable because I that is very hard for me because I like, I'm, I do not want to open my heart up even to my kids. Like it's terrible because I'm afraid that I will lose them and that I will lose that part of my heart. And that's like, that's a like constant. And what's the same with Rob or like anybody constant. I mean, this is a and Doyle thing that like, that is a thing that I struggle with, but I highlighted that because I thought, yeah, I definitely tried really, really hard to lean into joy when it comes to my family. When it comes to other things, I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop. <laughs> I'm trying very, very hard with my family,
0: but isn't that really like it's kind of an interesting? Because I'm the same way. Not so much with Liam. I'm probably, I don't know, me. I don't know, whatever. I don't have that issue with Liam, but like I do, I definitely do with my husband, like. But I feel like I attribute so much of my personality to someone who doesn't really get like, even when I get pushed down, I don't stay down. And I like that aspect of my personality, but because I have that aspect, it's almost like really easy for me to build walls because you get this like, you can hurt me, but I'm not gonna stay hurt for very long kind of like mentality. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to go out into the world and be this like super strong person and someone who is resilient. But then be vulnerable. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a, it feels like a conundrum. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if any of that makes sense.
2: It, it does to me. I I get you. I am. I think I put up the wall. Same, same.
0: Michael. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake! I just <laughs> saw his
3: nipples. What oh. in the Sam? <laughs> what just? Happened. Oh my god! So he—a long story. I'll get into it. But he just took a shower, so he was going to get a glass to have bourbon, and he's in a freaking towel. (laughs) I'm live on a podcast with a video. Three women just saw you, and they're like, "Oh my god! I just saw a nipple." (laughs) He's laughing. My sensibilities.
0: That was a very British nipple.
3: It was yeah. a very British nipple. <laughs> That's what I expected that to look like. There ain't many of those. Oh, my God. <laughs> there ain't many of those. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're live. Hot yes. mic.
2: Tell him Tell him that Facebook saw him, too.
3: Yeah, you're lucky we're not on Facebook Live because all of freaking... Oh, everyone could see you. Which standards. one do you want? Well, they've seen you now. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You might as well go full naked. Yeah,
3: Jesus, we're streaking to the quads. Oh, yeah, are you, are you streaking? Is that what's going on? Yeah. It can be done. Jesus, he gets enough bourbon, maybe. Jesus, gave okay, him the whole
2: bottle. He's good to go.
3: I know. I'll it's never, right. I'll never be able to call him <laughs> chef now that I've seen his nipples. <laughs> Kayla said she can never call you chef now after seeing your nipples. <laughs> I can't believe it's not nipples. Oh, I can't believe it's not nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That, that was gold. Seriously. Yeah. We, we are a year into, a year plus into a pandemic where people have been having to do things like this all the time. He should, you and should they know always, better. Michael, yeah, laughs at the people like, who would take their phone to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> and then walks into a freaking live video, not dressed.
2: Never going to live that
3: one down, Michael. He said it's my fault for sitting in front of the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: Oh, my God. Jesse is flabbergasted. She is straight bamboozled. She doesn't even...
3: Be making him coffee now. I don't know. <laughs> Kayla feels like she needs <laughs> to make you coffee now.
2: Honestly, I just we just went on a full date without all the other things. I'm yeah, gonna, you got you guys got
3: to see all of it. Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll I'll try I'll try to make I'll have Rob come and do like throw his naked leg in or something. Okay, something yeah. point, just so I, we can even the score.
3: My shame and vulnerability right now is off the charts, <laughs> and I don't know if I I don't know if I possess enough resilience to make it through this so i'm gonna she's in the shame swamp now i'm in the shame swamp and i didn't even do anything it
2: wasn't even your body well it's it's your body that is your property but yes
3: yay! oh Oh my my gosh that was hysterical i guess you don't have to be
2: embarrassed it was funny no i'm not it is Uh,
3: he gave the dog a bath and then gave himself a bath and then decided he needed a bourbon popping nipples it's like janet jackson over here jesus you're just in timberlake yeah right and I role. didn't know it was coming. I didn't know. He deserves any on-air things. <sighs> this point, so, Michael oh. expressed like himself. No, i just kidding. God. An yeah, unnamed an gentleman danced naked across Jesse's screen. And then just play the part of me talking about living in shame. Everyone <laughs> I'm was perplexed. Sh- <laughs> i in the shame swamp. swamp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Back to it. Maybe somebody just go over the dig deep. Because I thought that oh, was yeah. really
2: good. I did like the vowels. I like that. I like the part about meditation.
3: I like the part about meditation. I've been Hmm. trying to be more about that, but I mean, I can get into that if someone wants to do the vowels. Get into it. You can do both. (laughs) I can do both. Okay. So at the end of Guidepost Three. Brennan gets into her how to get deliberate about putting the guidepost into practice. And she had got from a friend um, a tip, I guess, from a 12-step meeting um, where they use the A-E-I-O-U vowels, I-O-U-Y, sorry, vowels to um, give coping skills if you were needing to kind of come back from... Any of those feelings, you know, shame, vulnerability, or if you are actually from uh, any numbing, mechanisms that you were using. So the A is, have you abstained today? So to ask yourself, am I abstaining from the practices that I use to numb? Have you exercised would be the E. What have you done uh, for yourself or what have I done for myself? So that would be the I. What have you done for others would be the O. And then am I holding on to unexpressed emotions, which would you be the U. And then the Y would be, yeah, what is something good that happened today? So if you can run through that anytime or like throughout the day, maybe once to check in with yourself to look for those numbing behaviors. That was something that she gave as a strategy for that. I, I thought they that. were good.
2: Yeah. Did it, did anyone else um, look at the, yeah. And then you're something good that happened today. Was it, um, I feel like Jesse, I'm looking to you because I feel like I resonate with you on this one. You <laughs> measured yourself based on what you achieved today, because that's what I did.
3: Yes. But I also thought that you were going to say that you saw Michael on a towel. Something good did happen today. Something <laughs> yes. <It> happened today. <laughs> yeah. I no, definitely moved definitely... from the towel, but yes. Okay. <laughs> that too. The, I'm a checklist person. And then, so the gratification I get from like having a completed checklist or mm. like seeing all like the random posts it notes that I can throw away now because I did all those things is gratifying to me, but also how I find my worth and value in the day. Like, Oh, I was valuable today to maybe the institution that I work for or to myself personally, because I could accomplish all these things.
2: Mm-hmm. That was me today. I was yes. like, okay, what did I do today? And my big achievement was picking a bunch of tomatoes to make canned tomato soup tomorrow. Mm and but it was like a it's not even a thing that happened i didn't even make the fucking soup (laughs) (laughs) i just was like but i picked the tomatoes you got those tomatoes though
3: So after getting delivered, she talks about getting inspired. And she gave a quote uh, talking about that people are like stained glass windows. They sparkle and shine when the sun is out. But when the darkness sets in, their beauty is revealed only if there is light from within. And she goes on to talk about how she truly believes that's like how people how you can see someone's spirit, their light from within their ability to like, you know, light up the stained glass window from within and then her get going um, or something to kind of tackle was uh, she likes the daily practice of meditation and prayer and sometimes it's just the best way for her to uh, get going Um, and I resonated with that because I think meditation can be super powerful and I try to find time to use my Peloton app and not the weird meditations that Kayla and I have done before and that sounded really bad but we found one that yeah was really weird but just like five minute like checking ones that are like just for like centering and calming and yes oh, listen I'm... i've seen michael's nipples we get closer <laughs> every day
2: <laughs> sister wives, sister sister wives. <laughs> um i started watching that sorry total tangent obsessed.
3: love obsessed. sister wives
2: i, I got no i'm like i'm kind of addicted because i've already started and so now i am gone in Are you? but i also started know? watching like bad yes <laughs> i also started watching bachelor in paradise these are just oh. things that i use in the background while i'm knitting i yeah, love all of this <laughs> that's what i do um awesome. but yeah anyway sorry for that tangent um and yeah. i use headspace for my meditation oh but i i will say i only use it med like I should be using meditation daily and instead I use it like when I think I need it, which is stupid. Yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to work it in. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Really and good. I like job headspace. They've, they've really small, short, quick ones that you can just do while you're doing something else, which is maybe, maybe you're not supposed to do that, but that's what <laughs> I That's do. not how
3: you meditate.
2: <laughs> I do it like while I'm doing something calming. Like if I'm <laughs> like walking or if I'm doing something monotonous, like processing grapes. Shockingly yeah. monotonous. Okay. Okay. So if it's something that where I don't have to think about what I'm doing, and I can, but I don't have to sit because I can't really think I can sit and do it. I can't. I can't. All right. But like if I'm taking the kids for a walk and I can be like, Shh, I can't hear you. I have my headphones in. Or if I'm like today processing grapes, I totally could have done. I just forgot to bring my AirPods. Uh, but. Like I don't even have to think. Like no one's talking because it's the machines are so fucking loud and we're just picking sticks out of grapes. Okay. Like I could totally do a little quick meditation. <laughs> That's
1: probably yeah, when I would listen to like a true crime podcast. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm with Lydia. <laughs> yeah. It would be like that TikTok where they're like, and her arms were cut off. <laughs> 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 yep. Same. That's- what it would be in my ears as I listened, as I picked sticks mm. off of grapes.
3: Yes. <laughs> um, I know on that note, anybody
2: want to pick sticks out of grapes? Okay, go, yeah. Sorry.
3: No, I was going to say, I know just as uh, working for the school district and specifically at the high school, we have been focusing very intentionally on social-emotional health of our kids and how we can give them skills like critical awareness. Like I know a lot of that resonated with me at, at when you guys were talking about it because they were practices that we've been trying to instill um, in our kids, but then also meditation. Uh, last year, we had, I think, one day a week during our homeroom where we would spend five minutes in a like meditation practice, like learning different strategies or things that you could do. And I definitely like it helped me, I think, as much as it helped them. And so I love that we're expanding, you know, it's not just core academics, like we're really trying to have that whole child like developed. See, this is why I get so irritated
0: when um, people talk about how the generation of kids or like starting with millennials are so soft and snowflakey. And it's like, no, we're not soft, but we're aware, like yeah. we're aware that other people have emotions. We're aware that we have emotions and we're trying to be better at like acknowledging those things, but there's such a stigma that emotions make us weak. And that is just so irritating. Yes. Like I, I wish that that was something that like I learned as a kid, I would love for Liam to learn to meditate. I
3: agree. And I, I definitely think it'll just become more progressive and more like it'll just continue to evolve. And it is so powerful and important for the kids. And especially like uh, when we have populations of kids and I know every district does, but when we have kids that don't have any of that, guidance at home not not even a little bit and so we are their only source of some of that and so I I mean it's good for all kids
0: yeah I think so too Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Books That Make Us Better. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Facebook at Books That Make Us Better. You can find us and subscribe and leave us a rating on any of your favorite podcast players. And of course, you can always check us out at yourfortdodge.com. Another week in the books. We'll chat next week.